Welcome to the discussion, Opportunity to Modernize and Enhance CDM, sponsored by Splunk. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining me. My guest today is Frank Demita, the Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk. Frank, good to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the CDM program writ large. Now, this is not a brand new program. Mm-hmm. They're always tweaking it and tinkering with it. But the idea of continuous monitoring, do you think the government has actually achieved continuous monitoring so yes. far? One of the success stories of today of this program is the increased visibility. So if you look at the, the core design tenants of CDM when the program was initiated, to create better visibility, better better awareness of cybersecurity issues across the .gov domain. And they've effectively done that. Security visibility has improved. There's a great foundation in place. And having said that, uh, I do believe that there's an opportunity to to take that one step further. There is incredible value in the data that is being collected in the program today. Um, Speaking from my own experiences working in cyber, cyber operations years ago, that data can be used for so many more purposes in the realm of cyber threats, uh, cyber threat huntings, uh, cyber defense, um, active cyber response. So the foundation of the program is phenomenal. It has moved the needle in creating enhanced visibility for agencies and for DHS running the program. Um, but to achieve true continuous monitoring, a few more things will need to happen. We'll need to see more granular access to the data that's being collected in a more real-time, faster fashion to create the ability for faster response or faster operational use of this data. And data today that's in the program uh, could be considered in silos. There's great data being collected for the dashboards at the agency and at the federal level, but that data could also be used by operators at each agency, by each agency SOC. By taking the data that's being used for the original design purposes, there's opportunity to add value to the program by expanding how it's being used today. And just to expand the question a little bit, I mean, first we had CM, which was continuous monitoring. Basically, it was looking for which programs are patched or not. Mm -hmm. Then we had CDM, which was diagnostics and mitigation. What you're saying, and juxtaposed against the word mitigation, implies that there's still that gap between when you discover something and you actually get around mm-hmm. to fixing it. It's, it's fairly accurate. I, w- I would put a twist on that. And, and the, the basic tenet of cyber today is you, you can't secure, you can't defend what you don't have visibility to. So the, the core piece, the foundational piece of CDM, the diagnostics part, is to raise that um, level of, of awareness of what is our footprint, what assets do we have, who are the people we need to protect, and create a minimum level of protection for those assets and understand the risk profile of those assets and those individuals. And that's the foundational progress that's been achieved that I was talking about. Um, Taking it to a point to your earlier question of continuous monitoring, we still have some ways to go. And we have some ideas about how to get there. Industry is working with the integrators and the government on what that next phase looks like and how do we move from a, a scoring and reporting system to a true operational capability. What have been the big challenges in getting this whole thing established? I mean, for many agencies, it was just the acquisition of tools and understanding how to begin to even the, do the basics of CDM. So I think there's a couple challenges, and, and one that's been solved and one that is still an opportunity to address. And the first one really started with the way the program was designed from an acquisition standpoint. The initial process was based on a BPA that was considered by some to be strict or rigid or, or very prescriptive. The, the program owners were saying to government agencies, here's the architecture and tools that uh, we think you should use to, to enact this program to improve cyber uh, hygiene across your agency. 
And I would commend DHS and GSA for how they took the lessons learned from the early phases of the program, the BPA, and they adapted with the request for services model. So in the defend uh, phase of the program, agencies can now use this uh, request for services or RFS process to say, here are my requirements, here are my capabilities, how I would like to integrate with the program and meet the needs of the program as well. And I think that the main benefit there is agencies have a much greater say in how CDM is being implemented in their environments. And at the end result is creating flexibility across government in delivering the same outcomes of CDM. So I think that's the first challenge. And that was a great lesson learned and pivot by the the program management office and the folks at at DHS. Um, But second, I think the program is at an inflection point. And I think this is the challenge of the CDM program today is that if agencies allow CDM to become Uh, purely a compliance effort, there's a missed opportunity. And so compliance is so important in government. It's how, for many decades, government has moved the needle on improving cybersecurity. And it's been effective. But when uh, your only tool is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So there's an opportunity here to take the program um, in a more modernized approach or um, in an operational capability. Today, the main product, the outcome, when people think of the CDM program is a reporting dashboard. And that's great. And that's a compliance dashboard. It it tells us summary information about the status of the federal government and each individual agency. But like a photograph, those reports are a snapshot in time. And they lack the fidelity of a live video feed. And that's what we refer to when we talk about um, moving from a compliance mindset, a reporting mindset, to operational capability. And the data exists today in the program. The tools and the, and the technologies and architectures are generating tremendous amounts of valuable cyber data. The inflection point I'm referring to is how that data is being used. And that's where there's room for a lot of innovation and opportunity. And I know there's folks at DHSC as well, if you've listened to Kevin Cox and Director Krebs when they speak about the future of the program. And I just wanted to touch on one point that you, you alluded to, and that is there seems to be an evolution in thinking, too, in, in the cybersecurity domain from network perimeter protection, you mentioned the critical assets, Mm -hmm. which is the network, but really the data that is the crown jewels, if you will, of the agency, those are the assets that are really the focus of all of this because we don't know where the perimeter is anymore. Correct, if there is one. And if you think about the future of CDM, there won't be a perimeter as the adoption of microservices and containers just accelerates. Software-centric approaches are going to dominate IT and IT modernization throughout government over the next few years. And CDM will have to adapt to that. How do you approach it? I do think this is an area where the program has helped tremendously and that agencies have a much better uh, viewpoint or lens on those high-value assets and what is the the risk profile and status of those assets. And that's been the, the great success story, I think, of the program today. The question now is how do you take it one step further? And so the information that's being collected for CDM is often in a silo from the agency's own cyber data. And one of the core tenets we talked about of cybersecurity is having visibility and real-time access to critical information on what is happening on my network, who's attacking it. By taking the program to a level where an agency has the flexibility of leveraging that data that is in the program, the data that's being used for the reporting at the dashboard level, and fusing that or combining it with data that's maybe already in the agency's SOC or in their current SIM platform, and correlating across those different silos would be incredibly powerful if you're someone who's an incident responder or a threat hunter or a security analyst whether you're at the NCIC, at DHS, or you're at an agency working on the agency's uh, profile itself. 
And I want to continue on that silo question, uh, but before we take a quick break, just clarify for us one earlier point for those that might be sure. new to the program or might be getting deeper into it. The requests for service originate where and go to whom? That's a, gr- that's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. In the past, um, the, 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 when we talked about challenges with the program, the HCs were telling CDM or what we heard in the industry that they wanted more flexibility. They wanted flexibility into how the program tools were deployed and the architectures that were used uh, in the various technologies that were part of the program. And the RFS, Request for Service Process, is their mechanism, is the, uh, gives them the ability to have that flexibility. They can say, here are the tools and technologies that we are leveraging today that give us the capabilities we need and meet our requirements but can also satisfy the requirements of the CDM program. So the agencies can actually initiate the RFS process working hand-in-hand with DHS and the CDM program office to say, here's how we plan to meet not only our own requirements, but the the needs of the program itself. And that's where, when you ask the question about silos, where this opportunity exists, by bringing together the data the agency is already collecting with the new enhanced data that is coming out of the program and breaking that silo, giving the ability to correlate across those two data sets, can really improve the cyber posture, both of the agencies and all of .gov as well. All right. That's a good place to take a break. My guest today is Frank Demina, the Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Opportunity to Modernize and Enhance CDM, sponsored by Splunk, here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Cybersecurity is a clear and critical challenge government agencies face today. In response, the Department of Homeland Security's CDM program aims to deliver adequate cost-effective security to reduce risk exposure. Splunk, the data integration and security analytics platform of choice, enables real-time visibility, automated response, and reporting to meet agency requirements across all CDM program phases. Learn more. Visit splunk.com slash public sector. That's splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back to our discussion, Opportunity to Modernize and Enhance CDM, sponsored by Splunk, here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Frank Demina, the Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that SIM data, operational data from SOCs, from Security Operations Center, maybe even Network Operations Centers, are often siloed away and treated separately Mm -hmm from data collected for the CDM program. That's kind of shocking that that would be the case. I would have thought it was all cybersecurity data. So tell us more about what that phenomenon is all about. Sure. I think there's actually two different silos we may be talking about here. So when you think about the program and what it is currently being designed to do is to take information from across a federal agency's footprint and provide a report of the risk stature on who is on the network, what is on the network, and what is the risk of those people and those devices. But there's a great deal of information that's collected at each agency to enable that reporting. And that, that format of that reporting is at a dashboard at an agency level and then a dashboard at the federal level. To create those dashboards, the way the program works is it extracts pieces of information from that data set. There's several layers to the program. At the lowest layer is the tools and sensors that generate the data. Then there is a a robust data integration layer to bring all of that data together. And at the top of the stack is the dashboard. So at that agency level and federal level, and that's that's for the reporting piece, and that's the product of the program that most people think of when they hear CDM. The information that is pulled to generate those dashboards 
is a fraction of the information that is data that is collected and used and generated. And that data is summary data. It is it is uh, it is high level reporting information. Underneath it is a great deal of operational value. So when we talk about silos, the first silo is that of all that information that's being collected, only a fraction of it is actually being used. And the silo would be the other inf- the other value, the operational value that is available to an agency. So even though that that maybe a hundred percent of the agency is, is uh, data is being collected hypothetically, uh, if ten or twenty percent is used for that dashboard, what about all that untapped value left there in that data for the agency? By correlating with data they already collect from their existing cybersecurity tools, whether they have a SIM, whether they have firewalls, intrusion prevention systems, there's in- incredible opportunities to improve their cyber posture. Having real-time access to the data lets them respond to threats better, identify bad actors, and know what's, who's attacking them and how they're being attacked. And that information uh, currently is being mostly used for that compliance reporting function as opposed to that operational function I'm talking about. The second silo is at the DHS federal level. So CDM greater, CDM data, again, could have so much value, but it's being used for risk reporting. And, th- and there's value there. I'm not trying to minimize the value in a compliance approach. It moves the needle. It helps raise the level of security across, the, like getting a flu shot does for public vaccination. However, there's other sources of great cyber data at DHS. You have the Einstein program, for example. Mm-hmm. It tells us what's going on at the perimeter of our government agencies, while CDM gives us more of an internal look at that agency. Those, those data sets today are in separate silos. So that's another opportunity where silos could be broken and information could be correlated to improve the cybersecurity efforts of DHS. And that has real practical value because sometimes if there is a cyber incident that's widespread in the world and we've seen them and we see them with greater frequency, then maybe that could be detected earlier if there was some unified way to look at all of the data sources coming in. Absolutely. There's, there's no cyber operator in the world who will tell you I have too much data. Or I, don't, I, I have all the access to data sources I need. And if those systems are in different silos, it may be a policy limitation. It may be a technical system limitation. It may be a jurisdiction. So there's a lot of different ways to approach that. Just within the program itself, though, there's opportunities to uh, break down some of those walls. And then benefit there is faster response uh, happier and more productive cyber operators, and overall improve cybersecurity across government. And about the 80% of data that does not go up into CDM, that maybe just is there somewhere existing and nobody's using it because, as you said, it doesn't get operationalized. It sounds like the CDM data alone, as it is in the silo that you described, may not be sufficient for that operational kind of view. So what about the other 80%? Where does it go now, and how can it be made to be useful. Sure. I think it depends on the outcome you're trying to drive here. Um, The dashboards have a purpose and there's value there in getting a good summary snapshot of what is the status of an agency and its high value assets. And no one would argue that there's uh, there's a need for that in in government today. But there's also a a need for faster real-time access to operational data to be able to know what is going on right now and and how can I respond to it in in a quicker, more efficient fashion. And at an agency level, the struggle is that they have been trying to tackle this problem for quite some time. They've built their own tools, their own architectures to address this problem. Uh, At the same time, you now have new tools being deployed as part of the program. So it's a win all around if they can take the advantage of both and give through the RFS process that we talked about, the agencies can have more flexibility in controlling how their data is used and what tools and technologies are brought together to achieve this outcome. 
Now, is there a danger of getting what you wish for if there is a request for services to use more of this data to get more operational insight that could end up overwhelming them when it comes back down? So I don't think the question is, is there too much data? The question is the speed to access to the data. How fast can I have access to the data I need? Getting the right data to the right fingertips at the right time. And more importantly, the fidelity of that data. Nobody wants noise. Nobody wants a pages and pages or dashboards and dashboards of that data that they feel is low value. And what I think most cyber operators are looking for is their ability to interact with it and get, get to the signal, get through the noise really quickly. And that's what we're talking about when we say operationalize on that data. It's not just about making the data available to someone who works at an agency or works at DHS NCIC. It's giving the ability to interact with it very quickly and have uh, ability to search it and manipulate it and get to the data they need to have the right data at the right time. If you have those tools, you have that approach, uh, no one will feel that they have too much data. It's about, it's not just about having the data, it's about how we expose the data to the people that need it. Yes, because the bulk of the data is actually in reality useless. If you're looking for a fish in the ocean, you don't want 10 trillion gallons of salt water, you just want that fish. So that implies you need some kind of a tool overlaying all the other tools such that the data they're generating, that you can get to the data that's relevant. Sure, yeah, and, yeah. 20 years ago, I worked where we talked about, you're not just looking for a needle in a haystack, you're looking for a needle in a giant stack of needles. <laughs> and so you're really trying to find that one you're looking for. And that really does come down to, when you think about the advantages of the program and where it's going with, with the RFS process today, you need standardization at, at some level. You need to have a common set of tools and a framework so everyone can look at, we can all get to a single source of truth faster. And that's, what, that's a great product or outcome of the dashboard approach. We can look at every agency and look at the program as a whole and know where our risk is today. But at an agency level, when you're dealing with an incident, you want flexibility. You want to be able to use your tools, use your data, bring it together with the, the new sources of information coming out of CDO, CDM program to find that needle. And that's the, the two-pronged approach which would make the program incredibly, incredibly valuable. It already is valuable, but it would exponentially increase the value out of the program. After the break, which we're going to take now briefly, I want to ask you about how we get to that 2B state and That's what the great. CDM program should do. But we will take a break right now. My guest is Frank Demina. He's Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Opportunity to Modernize and Enhance CDM, sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Cybersecurity is a clear and critical challenge government agencies face today. In response, the Department of Homeland Security's CDM program aims to deliver adequate, cost-effective security to reduce risk exposure. Splunk, the data integration and security analytics platform of choice, enables real-time visibility, automated response and reporting to meet agency requirements across all CDM program phases. Learn more. Visit splunk.com slash public sector. That's splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back to our discussion, the opportunity to modernize the CDM program sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Frank Demina. He is the Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about what the CDM program should do to get to that 2B state, as you described it, where data is comprehensively used and not selectively used, not just the skimming, and also that it becomes something operational, fast response sure. for agencies. Yeah, the, the, the tagline, the theme of what we're talking about here is operationalizing the data that is being collected by CDM. And I think the first phase of implementing that is consensus among all the stakeholders that that is an outcome we want to drive. So today, 
the primary outcome of the program, as we've talked about, is the reporting dashboards, and that's great, and there's real value there. Um, but that is based on summary reporting. And that's when we refer to summary data, the, the subset of information that's actually used from what is generated today is to support that dashboard initiative. Operationalizing that data requires accessing something called object-level data, which is the more detailed, granular, granular level of data that's being generated and collected today. And then exposing that data to cyber operators at the agency and at, at DHS. So the first phase of moving to such a model will be consensus among all the stakeholders to agencies. This is of, of value, which most in industry would say it is, and it's an end state we want to get to. The second is, what are the policy or regulatory changes that would be needed to enable that? Um, there are MOUs between DHS and all the agencies uh, when the program was started, or created when the program was started, to define the rules of engagement and what data would be generated, how it would be used. Those would like, I am no policy expert, but those would likely need to be looked at again and updated to enable uh, this object level data access to operationalize that data. And then finally, um, looking at the technology and tools that can operationalize, that they can, that can offer up object level access to data in a very robust, agile, near real time uh, uh, format or fashion to the folks that would be using it. And there are tools already in the program, the data integration layer has some great software tools that can enable that today that would not require new procurements or new acquisitions just by changing the approach of how it's used and the policies around it and the outcome that, that everyone wants to drive. And when you talk about operationalizing, that to me implies the idea of when something is bad that needs to be mitigated under CD, the M and CDM, then there is some process that is invoked that happens, whether it's stopping a process from operating mm -hmm. or expunging some kind of piece of malware, found, whatever it might be, that there needs to be a bridge between the knowledge of that, even if machine generated, and it, it's going to be yes. tool generated, yeah. and the action that happens, some sort of orchestration mm -hmm. process. So how does that Yes, and you actually said it more succinctly than I did. That's, that's the perfect description of it. Today, the data is used to, to report on status and compliance. But if there's an incident occurring, I may not have the ability to go look at it in real time and deal with the issue as it's happening. And that's what we mean when we talk about operationalizing the data to expose it so that it can be used while an incident is happening as opposed to uh, the current reporting timelines or summary reporting timelines of the dashboard structure. Um, to your second point... It's really uh, an important aspect of planning for the future of the program. So today, so the first phase of operation of data is giving access to it, so someone can learn from it, react to it, respond to it. The second phase, second stage is what do I do now that I, I have access? Now that I've discovered something bad has happened, and that's where automation technology certainly can play a big role. And we see that going on in private sector as well, as when you have incidents that are fairly common or routine, or you have a playbook at your agency that you know when X happens, I'm going to go do Y, why not automate that as much as possible through technology to improve response time and eliminate errors that might happen with a more uh, bureaucratic process? And the other element that comes in here too, and I want to get more to what the industry best practices are, but before we go there, the other term that you hear coming out of almost every federal cybersecurity set of lips is risk management. Because I think it was Chris Krebs of the CISA at DHS said, if everything is totally high risk, then nothing is really high risk. <laughs> and so how can CDM maybe be tuned in this data-centric operationalizing way to drive risk management approaches 
that make the whole thing efficient. Sure. And, and I do think the program is actually moving the needle there, is helping tremendously um, give agencies and DHS better insights into how risk management is occurring today, where their high-value assets are, what is the risk exposure of those high-value assets. Um, the first phase of any effective cyber program is that visibility, is knowing what do I have and what is the risk exposure to it. What we're talking about today, though, is taking it up, up that maturity curve to that next level of being able to react and respond faster and with better fidelity to, what, to the infor- better fidelity of information that's being generated so I, I can respond with greater context. I know this incident is a happening against a high-risk asset where this incident that my coworker is working on is maybe on a low-value asset or, or an unsophisticated attack. So I don't have to spend as much effort mitigating that or dealing with it. Uh, so a f- to, to accomplish a m- the more effective risk management that Director Krebs is talking about is in line with exactly what we're talking about, is moving from that reporting compliance mindset to that operational action-oriented mindset. And, and the program is moving there. We see uh, folks speaking about it. We see the leadership talking about their, their interest in taking these operational approaches and what we're talking about from an industry perspective is how to accelerate that and best go about implementing it. And when we're talking about industry best practices, those aren't really academic for the government because in many ways, Homeland Security and the critical infrastructure sectors are joined at the hip with data exchanges and so forth and the encouragement of, mm-hmm. of data exchange among even competitors in a given vertical sector of critical infrastructure. So what are some of the best practices that you see in the industry side with respect to getting all of the data utilized and orchestrating it and making it operational. Sure. I think across the private sector, you're seeing most folks who are dealing with cyber issues who are working on innovation in cyber doubling down on software-centric approaches. So, so how can I use software and code to, to, um, to address or tackle this immense, massive problem of cybersecurity? Uh, one of the CISOs I was speaking to recently talked about security as code. Um, and, and what you're seeing, there's some trends underway in that whole kind of genre of efforts going on. First, data analytics, machine learning is driving a whole wave of opportunities and innovation and, and going to become ubiquitous. Machine learning, artificial intelligence, all of that advanced analytics space, though, is based on the foundation of them is large data sets. So when you think about what the program's doing here today, it's creating that functional foundation. Um, if you don't have a large clean, robust data set, you'll never be able to take advantage of new technologies like machine learning, garbage in, garbage out. So there's some real insights that can be generated by applying uh, computer resources to these data sets to find patterns, anomalies, et cetera. Um, We actually refer to that as, as reaching a state of data leverage, getting more value out of your existing data. The second is that, as we talked about, orchestration and automation technologies are absolutely um, driving innovation. They are maturing. They are adding efficiencies. A great example is phishing. Everyone deals with phishing today. And it's in, your, in most organizations, there's a pretty common response, a number of steps that should happen when a phishing attempt happens. That can be automated through automation orchestration technologies. And third, we're going to see um, new approaches needed, new innovation to deal with the, the tidal wave of technology coming out of the software development world meaning uh, containers, micro-segmentation, cloud, those are all going to require new approaches to cybersecurity. 
All right. Lots of progress, lots of work to do. I want to thank today's guest, Frank Demina. He's the vice president for public sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this program, visit federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Splunk. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Opportunity to Modernize and Enhance CDM, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.